Small Contributor, Mark Damon, and this is a very special edition of PSG Small Talk for Saturday, March 23rd, 2019. On today's show, I am joined by three of my favorite podcast guests, John Olonghi, Eduardo Razzo, and Carl Oscar Kallstrom. And we do a little bit of a role-playing exercise. Not that type of role-playing exercise, but a type of role-playing exercise where we pretend to be PSG's brain trust. And that would include Nasser Al-Halifi, Tomas Tuchel, uh, Antero Henrique, and the made-up position of Director of Scouting and Development. So, we have already recorded this. It went over 90 minutes. It was very informative. It was very fun to do. We stayed in character the entire time. Um, but I just kind of wanted to get them on so that they can uh, plug what they need to plug. They can sort of uh, get their voice in as themselves before we uh, throw to the piece that we did. So, um, this is obviously a PSG Talk special. We can be followed at PSG Talk. Um, make sure to sign up for all of our uh, social medias, our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, our two podcasts, PSG Talking and PSG Small Talk. Um, and go to our website at psgtalk.com, read our articles, subscribe uh, to our Patreon page, if you will. We can, you can buy a nice t-shirt with Farmers League champions, and unfortunately this year that's kind of what we are this year, but We'll, we'll work to improve that, and if the Brain Trust at uh, Paris Saint-Germain listens to our podcast here, which they may or may not, um, we will, they may take some ideas from how we uh, deconstruct the squad and uh, look for ways to improve it. So, um, we'll start with Eddie. How did it feel to play Tomas Tuchel, and um, how can we find you on Twitter, and what are you working on? Yeah, um, it's it's weird playing Tomasu because I, I know he's he's a over I'm not gonna say dramatic kind of person, but he he can put on you know the the dramatics especially you know when you watch his press conference. So I try to deliver you know that enthusiastic you know dramatic character that we seem to see during his press conferences. But uh, Twitter wise, you can follow me at Eddie nineteen ninety one Razo. I'm working on a Chupo Motang article. Um, it should be done by the end of today. And I guess it's happy birthday to Chupo Motang, and he definitely and he scored um, on his birthday. I think for Cameroon. So you know, guys, having a good day. All right, um, Carl. Uh, same question to you. You played our uh, our made up director of scouting and development. You did a lot of good research for this, and this was somewhat your idea. I kind of tweaked it a little bit, but uh, talk just a little bit about how you went about your process, and then tell everybody how you can be followed on Twitter. Yeah, no, so I had got the original idea, uh, which of course Mark tweeted a bit, uh, from another podcast uh, called uh, Football Daily. So firstly, just good work to them, and Thank you for borrowing some ideas, uh, for letting me borrow some ideas from them. Uh, I've essentially just uh, sitting down, watched a lot of 
try to take in what I've seen from football over the season and then combine that with stats. I've used uh, Understat, which, which is a great website, because uh, who scored as well as uh, transfer mark for some details on the players. Uh, and essentially just finding profiles that I would seem fit uh, the team. I will. My plan is that I probably will, because I have everything in the document, so I'll probably just tweet it out underneath the original tweet from uh, PSG Talk so you can see more of the detailed uh, statistics for the players and some other that we didn't get to mention as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, C.O. Kilstrom. It's essentially Kilstrom without any vowels. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is uh, Everything PSG. Uh, I will have a link in my Twitter bio so you can find that. I'll try to upload when I can. I am in school, so right now I haven't uploaded since uh, the United Games. But I will try to get on it. I have an exam on Monday, so hopefully before next weekend. All right, uh, perfect. And uh, John, you played in battle sporting director Antero Henrique. Yeah, it was interesting because he. We don't really know much about the guy, you know. Unlike blank slate, you can play him however you want. Exactly right. Uh, unlike Tukul and, and Nasser, who do interviews, so it's really hard to gauge. Uh, who he is, but I believe I tried to. I believe that he's just having to defend himself a lot, just from what we read and, and, and all of the articles and news that comes out. He's uh, he's in the hot seat and very defensive. I would believe he is, so I try to kind of uh, play it in that role. And, and and I believe all of us can attest to this. And within doing this, you kind of realize, although we're just role playing, you realize how difficult it is in the real situation with actual money. And having to make these tough decisions, and uh, it, it's one of those things that kind of makes you realize uh, <laughs> how difficult these positions are, and that you know you have to have smart people in these positions when making these type of decisions. Um, but other than that, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a great idea, and I really enjoyed it. Um, um, you can follow me on Twitter at God for short G O D F R S H O R T. I'm going to be working on a review type of. Um, piece here kind of doing ranking of all the players this season you know obviously pretty much up to the united match because i feel like anything after that is just you know we're just kind of watching to enjoy it uh just kind of ranking every player you know where they started at the beginning of the season to how they progressed or regressed that's absolutely going to be a good read. It always is when you write stuff john uh i am mark damon obviously i play PSG chairman and president and overall great guy, Nasser Al-Halaifi. Um, I thought I, I I wanted to mainly play traffic cop, sort of hear everybody's opinions and sort of center it and try to develop some sort of plan. And I thought it was a... I thought it, that to do this was really important because a lot of people just say, oh, go buy this player. Oh, go buy that player. Sell him. It... It can't be, you can't take all these things separately. They all have to be, it has to be discussed in a, in a, in its context. And I think by doing this sort of role playing exercise, we give it a context that allows us to make better decisions about who we bring in. Like, I don't think that the Marcelo Brozovic, oh, did I just spoil something? I think I might have just spoiled something. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> 
All right. So before I spoil the rest of it, um, you can follow me at, at Mark Damon one. Um, I will probably write an article at some point in April. Look out for that. I don't know what it'll be. It'll come to me when it comes to me. So, um, for all of us here, uh, John, Eddie, Carl, and myself, uh, we hope you enjoy this 90 plus minute, uh, examination of what comes next for Paris Saint-Germain. We'll call it the PSG War Room. So I'm glad to have both of you here because I want to sort of clear some things up as we move forward here into the 2019-2020 season. Um, obviously, you two have not always had the best relationship. Um, Antero, you were here before we uh, brought Tomas Tuchel on. Uh, and uh, Tomas, you've Talk to me on occasion about your um, your problems with how the transfers have been done, especially uh, a couple of months ago. We had a, a few hiccups here and there. So I'm going to start with you, Thomas. Again, everybody, we're all civil on this call. We all want the same thing for this club, which is European success, which uh, this year, unfortunately, has eluded us. But, Thomas, you start. Um, how do you feel your first season has gone and um, any sort of complaints you want to lodge here that we can kind of clear the air on uh, before we really dive into this? Yeah, I kind of want to know what kind of team we're building. Are we a young team built on speed? Because arguably our best player is Kylian Mbappe, who's um, pretty much the motor of our offense um, lately. Uh, you know, he's dribbling speed. Um, there's obviously, if, are we going to build around him? Um, is you know, I, I know there's rumors about Neymar. Um, he's getting up there in age as well. He's he's pretty much entering his late twenties. Uh, are we keeping him around? So I just want to know what's the plan going going forward. And I think that's very fair of you to ask, but I will say that um, we want to build the best possible team. And we are going to try to give you the best possible players that we can bring in. And we feel that it is your job to get the best out of those players. So I'm going to ask you, what team do you want? Because clearly we had a bit of an issue in the, in the January window, just sort of figuring out what exactly we wanted to bring you. We brought you a... Uh, what we thought was a solid enough, uh, young, attractive kind of player like Luciano Acosta, and you didn't, uh, you did not want to have him on your team. We, uh, we, uh, we demurred to that and we did not sign him. So as much as it is you wanting from us, we also need to hear from you. What do, what do you want and what do you feel like you are not getting? I want to build from the net out. There is, I got to, I got to understand. Are we gonna, you know, is, is Ariola, is does every, everyone want to agree? Is Ariola the goalkeeper of the future? Because if not, then we need to go get a bona fide, you know, world class goalkeeper. Because we're just like as much as I respect what Buffon has done, he's in his forties and he's not, you know, if if I'm gonna stick around for another. Three four years, he's not the answer in that. And if we don't all agree that Ariola is the answer, then it's time to 
to, to you know, purchase a world-class goalkeeper that we can agree on to play in, in these big matches. And then we have to obviously discuss Thiago Silva. Is he our captain? Because I'm going to have to make a big decision as to stripping him the captaincy, especially if we keep him around. I'm not sure how this is going to go in the room, but I'm not, you know, as you guys know at Dortmund, I'm not, you know, afraid to make or to shake up, you know, the dressing room and make, you know, if you want to say controversial decisions. I, I know. I, and I, we, that's why we have you on, because we felt like you could bring that sort of uh, command to the room, and that's why you are here. And you're going to have to make some of those decisions about who you want to be your captain. Um, you're going to have to maneuver that with the locker room. And we, we understand the situations that we've put you in. And we feel like you're the man to sort of make it all work. Now, Antero, um, this January, I was not particularly impressed with how we went about our business. And... I feel like you have a lot of strengths, and we brought you here for those strengths, and I think you've done a very good job in certain aspects. Now, there's always room for improvement, and we feel, uh, the board here, we feel like we need to be more aggressive in our, uh, in our signings. We need to be aggressive in our recruitment, and I'm not sure Tomas wants to say this uh, directly, and it's fair of him to not say it if he wants to sort of be uh, uh, politically correct here. But it took us two weeks to sign Leandro Paredes. And we were left this year with a very um, bare-bones roster compared to what we've had in the past. Now, I understand what you're trying to do, but I do want you to explain sort of what happens in January and what are you thinking heading into July and August where we really need to make a statement of intent? Yeah, obviously January, um, the, that transfer window didn't go as we planned. Um, you know, just looking at all of the targets we had and essentially we only brought in Paredes and, and that deal really... What was, was difficult because obviously Zenit St. Petersburg felt that the price tag, they felt that Paredes was worth more than we were offering at the time. And it was really difficult to negotiate. And, and in, in a short month, with us trying to bring in a midfielder, bring in a few midfielders, and then working with teams who understand our situation who understand that we are certainly in, in dire need. Now, I don't mean to call anyone out, but going out to in front of the in front of the the, the media and, and, and emphasizing that we need 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 this puts a lot of pressure on someone in my position who's trying to negotiate these deals and get them for uh, get these players for a good price. If if the word is getting out that we are certainly in dire needs and, and, and things aren't looking good, teams are gonna react on that and tax us a little bit more on the players we want. So that 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 was one of the things and I'm going to take responsibility of it all as the sporting director, but we have to be cohesive in in front of the in front of the media. So things like things like that certainly didn't help. 
we ended up getting Perez, uh, Adrisa Gay. We weren't able to get him, obviously. Um, it looks like he wanted to come, but you know, we have to we have to kind of work with what we got. And you know, I, I want to work with Tomas. I really do. I think he he did really well this season with with the players that we had. But obviously, you know, I feel like from my time here, what I've been able to do in terms of balancing our our financial situation with FFP lingering over, I feel like I've done certainly well, but I can also do better. But I have to understand that I have your back, Nasser, or Nasser, you have my back, and that me and Thomas can, can work uh, on one accord because, as you guys know, this situation is not it's not easy. Us being Paris Saint-Germain, this is not an easy, uh, easy situation that we're in. But if we are going to stick together, we have to be all on the same page. And if y'all want to move along, I understand that. But I will continue to do my job and try to bring in the players that Tomas wants and try to bring in the players that I feel like can be valuable to this team uh, te technically and financially. So obviously the January transfer window could have went better. But we got to go at it again. And Tomas, can you work with Antero? I mean, I, I respect both of you, and I respect how both of you do your jobs. Now, I, I want to make that clear. But if you two cannot work together, then we have to, as a group, as, a, uh, as the ownership group, make a decision of which one of you we're going to keep. And we don't really want to do that, but if we get to a situation where you are undermining, specifically you, Tomas, undermining Antero in the, uh, in the media, in the press, it's not that we wouldn't choose you, but we have to make that decision. And I just want to know, do we have to make that decision? No, uh, I think we can both work together. I just think that I need to be well aware of who our targets are or if I have a target in mind that it's going to be at least looked at and we're going to take it seriously because I know my system. I know, I know when I see a player, I know they can fit in. So I just, I think we just need to be on the same page when it comes to, to targets and, and, and just be on the same page when it comes to the timetable or the day to day of what's going on in those negotiations. Yeah, I do. I do. I do want to point out. Excuse me, Nasser. I do want to point out that we 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 all we are professionals at this, and we have to understand that all negotiations aren't going to go great. Again, these teams understand the situations that we're in, and they're going to play hardball the same way Zenit did, and even Everton to the end. Uh, with the, the uh, with uh, with how they treated their player and pretty much stopped him from going. We th those are things that 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 we're not able to control. So I just want you all to understand that I am giving the effort. I am trying to make these deals go through. But if they don't go, go through, it's not. It, it, it is a failure as the sporting director. But some things are out of my control, and I just want to make sure that you all do understand that when evaluating everything together. And we do. I think we do. I think we can both say that we do. Now, uh, Tomas talked about uh, building from the from the net, and we want to, I want to go through this roster a bit, because 
there's some decisions that we have to make, and I want both of your inputs, and I want to see if we can get as close to on the same page as possible. I know you two won't agree on everything, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to, I'm here to sort of tie break and decide what we are going to do. So, if you all have a sheet of paper in front of you, we're going to start in the back. So, we brought in Gianluigi Buffon, and I talked to you guys about this before. We brought Gianluigi Buffon in to be a mentor to Alphonse Ariola and, quite frankly, to start the Champions League games. We felt like putting a goalie in with more experience, with more... Um, with more big matches under his belt, obviously, more big matches than probably anybody, would be a benefit. And for the most part, it was until the one time where it wasn't. <laughs> so, I don't see Gianluigi Buffon, in my opinion, being here past another year, maybe. Maybe one more year. Because he, we did give him an option on that contract. And I think he enjoys being here. But obviously he's not the goalkeeper of Paris Saint-Germain's next ten years. Is Alphonse Ariola. Thomas, you see him every single day. You see him in training. You see him in the games. You've been rotating him with Jean-Luigi pretty well. What do you think? Is he... Is he good enough? Is he a good enough goalkeeper to be our Manuel Neuer, our Jean Oblak, our um, Marc Andre Ter Stegen? Is he that guy? I don't think so. I, he's still prone. Every match or every big match, he's still prone to making that one, two crucial mistakes. Sometimes he can overcome them. Sometimes he can't. And as you guys saw, um, it was being reported earlier that I wasn't aware that the media was reporting that Alphonse Ariola was going to start against United in the second leg. But in the end, we went with Buffon yeah, where just did that for that experience. Where do you think that leak came from, by the way? Because it didn't come from us. Uh, I don't know. I got to speak with my coaches because I, you know, I didn't, you know, my 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 mindset was on Buffon starting. But I don't know where that leak came from. I'll have to do my own internal investigation with the coaches. But for me, Ariola isn't... I mean, when you look at world-class goalkeepers like Oblak, um, you know, Alisson at Liverpool, if you want to throw in Kaylor Navas, um, I just don't think that he's at that level. And if we're going to go... If we want to win Europe, which is I think all three of us can agree... I mean, we need a world-class goalkeeper, and I think we've just been delaying it, just like the midfield situation. We've been delaying it, delaying it, and it's just finally time, you know, we have to finally address this, this issue. Antero, how much money do you think we will need to spend to purchase a goalkeeper that is better than Alphonse Ariola? Well, um, I mean, we can look at the market and, and certainly see we'll have to spend over a hundred, hundred million uh, euros. It's, 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 it's unfortunately that's uh, that's the market that we're in, and some will say we're responsible for said market. But if, if we're looking at who's available and and, and, and some of the top targets. Um, such as the ones that uh, Tomas just named out, such as um, um, 
what's 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 the player's name from um from uh, Atletico Madrid, Jan Oblak. Yeah. I I believe he would be uh, a great a great option for us to get uh, if David De Gea. We, we don't understand his situation with United. If if you know with with their managerial situation, if they if they find the manager they want, and and if that's not the situation he wants to play with, maybe he's a target. But if we're looking at all of these guys, De Gea, Oblak. Uh, to stay in, whoever we're looking at, a hundred mil plus, and you know, if 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 we are if we are deciding that we want to rebuild this whole thing and, and start from the back, then we have to get ourselves a world class goalkeeper. Now we, you know, we we just resigned Alphonse in December to a four year deal, mm-hmm. so you know we have to think about that and and, and the hit that we're going to take on that, but. Again, if we are collectively making the the decision that this is the way we're gonna go, we're looking to spend over a hundred million on a world class goalkeeper. Which is why I'm hesitant because we do have other holes to fill, and to spend that much to go from having, I guess, in my opinion, a second tier goalkeeper with potential to be in that first tier. To spend that much money to upgrade that position, that's very that I don't know if that's the best allocation of resources. Now, when I, we bring on I, our I, uh, when we bring on here, just for one second, um, I just look at Liverpool. They 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 reached the the Champions League final with the let's say second third tier goalkeeper, but when you know once that issue with you know came up. They, they allocated that money. They realized that they needed to buy uh, a world-class goalkeeper, and they did it. They didn't hesitate. They bought him. You know, they bought Alisson from Roma. So I, I just want to point it out there. Like, if 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 we're going to go another year under Ariola, and we finally figure out that he's just not the keeper that will get us over the hump, then I think, again, we're just delaying um, the inevitable. That's a point taken. And when we bring on our director of uh, scouting and development and recruitment, he will give us maybe some names that maybe we can find. Uh, maybe we can find a diamond in the rough here. Somebody who, you know, when we when we signed Marco, you guys weren't here for this, but when we signed Marco Verratti back in 2012, he was not the one of the best midfielders in the world yet, but he turned into it. And we might go down that avenue before we look for the big money spend. Let's um, let's go to left back here. Um, I think Juan Bernat has been really good for us, uh, Tomas. And we're happy that you sort of uh, recommended him. And I think that he's probably on our team next year. I, I don't see any reason to sell him. He's played about as well as anybody. Um, he's done nothing to merit leaving, but we do need a left back to push him. And right now we have we have Levin Kurzawa, who's coming back from injury, and he's and I've talked to him on occasion. He's feeling better, but I don't know. Antero, are you? Are you thinking that we need to upgrade that position significantly, or can we uh, sort of 
visit other options for that? Um, it's it's tough to say honestly. Um, if if we were speaking about this in the beginning of the season, obviously I would be urging yourself and Tomas to 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 to. to to bring up a name that you would like to, to, to target to bring in that position. But honestly, the way uh, Bernat has played this season, it, it, it it's, it's, it's almost, um, it's almost indirectly a way for us to save some money and allocate it elsewhere where we're much more uh, in, in need uh, of reinforcement because if we can keep both of those guys there in terms of Kurzawa and Bernat, I don't see why we would need to upgrade um, to, to go get someone uh, who who is of a better talent, quote unquote. Um, you know, if you're looking at someone like David Alaba and those types of players, we have Levin Kurzawa and Juan Bernat who can who aren't as good as Alaba per se. But they can do the job together and collectively. And obviously, Kurzawa has to stay injury-free. And obviously, he has to continue to, to raise his level as he has in these past few matches. We've watched him. But I don't. I, I do think the play of Bernat kind of changes that entire situation. Now, if y'all have some names and, and some players that you think we can bring in who isn't necessarily world-class but can get the job done, sure, we, we, can, we can look into that. But I, I do believe that with Bernat's play uh, this season, we can we can rest easy on having him and Krizawa there and, and and rotating those two and allocate that money elsewhere. Tomas, I've been hearing I've been hearing reports from our uh, from our under 19s and our reserves about Arthur Zagre, who um, is a really one of our stronger. Um, Youth Academy players, and we have him right now under contract, I think, until about 2021. And as it was explained to me, our plan was to give him first team minutes next year. Would you be okay with Bernat and Zagre? Or do you I, think we need, a, do we need to keep Kurzawa, or could we use him to? Gain a little bit more, uh, a little bit more financial uh, flexibility. I think we can um, move on from Kozawa, just because both Bernard and Kozawa are the same type of player. They're both offensive-minded fullbacks or leftbacks. Um, I can compensate. I can compensate for their defensive efficiencies. I mean, if you see the average positioning that we do in the Champions League for Bernard, we we you know we we have. Prisno Kempembe or or whoever's on um, playing left center back sometimes play as a safety net for him just when Bernat you know goes up you know into the box or he wanders up into the pitch um, so I can I can you know compensate for that but I would like a left back you know to rotate with Bernat who's more defensively sound as I wasn't here but um, you know Yuri Bertice was you know he wasn't offensively gifted he was more you know your workman defensive left back so i would like if zagre is ready for you know if he's sound defensively i you know me i i will play the young players but if he's not defensively sound then i think we need to get someone i mean i'm not asking for a, a world-class left back i just want i would like someone to that can you know hold his own and play defense um you know just so i don't have 
two two left backs that are pretty much the same you know type of player. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I think what we're gonna do here is I think we're gonna keep the left back. We're gonna if we have if there's something really um, special that comes along, we'll revisit it. But I don't think it's in our top five priority list, to be honest. All right, Tomas, what what are your plans for Danny Alves? We're in contract negotiations with him. If we re-sign him for another year with an option, what? How will you use him? Because we have some decisions to make on that side of the uh, on that side too. Um, I think I would just basically just keep him for cut matches, maybe some league on matches that are not you know lower tier teams, mid table uh, mid table teams. Um, obviously, he's well liked in the locker room and. I don't want to go too young because we do need veteran presence. But another year of Buffon and Alves, I I, I, I won't mind. Um, after that, I think I think we just gotta start planning to move on and, and hand the locker room or the clubhouse to to you know the, let the Marquinhos of the world and the Veratis of the world and and let them be the leaders of of the club. Pantera, what can we get for Tomas Meunier? Um, he's a very valuable um, fullback, and internationally, I think uh, last season, last the last World Cup, uh, I believe raised his value uh, to to the international world and pretty much the football world altogether. Um, I, I say, depending on what what teams are interested in him, uh, I say we can get at least. At least 35, 30, 35 mil uh, range for, for Tomas Munia, honestly, in, in today's market. And obviously, we'll try to, to get the best uh, that we can. But I believe with, with, with what he's shown us and what he did in the World Cup, kind of raising his profile in that way, I believe we can get around the 30, 35, maybe 40 mil uh, for, for Munia. So the reason I ask is because uh, Tomas has been using Tilo Kerr mostly as his right back in big matches, and I don't think that ha- if, if okay. So Tomas, if you if if you don't believe in Tomas Munier, I don't feel that it's right to keep him because it's a we can get really nice value for him, and if you're not going to use him in those big matches. I don't really think we need him for depth. I think we can put another right back in there. I think Colin Dagba's been fine. If you want to continue with your sort of uh, with your Tilo Care experiments, I'm not going to stop you. Um, so just quickly, do you think Munier, do you think we should keep him? Do you have any plans on using him? Um, no, I just, again, He's another fullback that is more offensively gifted than than you know defenses in his calling card. So again, the reason I'm going with you know Kerr, even though he's made some mistakes as we saw against United and Marseille, mm-hmm. he's still better you know defensively. Um, uh, you know, I, I just rate him more better defensively than I do Mounier and. As much as I hate playing, you know, hate putting Kerr, you know, who's barely 22, um, out, you know, playing him out of position, he just gives me more defensively than than Munier does. I agree. And I yeah, think and, that, and just yeah, to I, add to that, guys, I mean, we uh, we brought him in for about 
six, seven million. So we can <laughs> we can return pretty well on that if we decide to to, to move them along. So yeah, just some I, context yeah, there. I, I think that again, my opinion. If I were to tie break here, I think I think we're gonna sign Alves. I think he he can give us something in the locker room. I think he's still got some legs on him. I still think he can give you some good performances now and again. Uh, Colin Dagba, I I'll, I would like to see him get more minutes. I think anytime I've seen him play when I'm in the stands, he's he shines out there. I, I appreciate the young player from our academy playing at that level. And Tomas has been good for us in times, but I think we can get a player in there who we won't have to pay as much, who can do as good a job there for the depth purposes and leaving Kara out there. Maybe we can develop him as a right back. Um, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, I don't want to waste too much time on this Marquinhos. I do not want to see him playing midfield ever again. Not that he can't, but he's, he's our center back. He's our future captain. I want him playing in his natural position. Tomas, I know you had, to put him out of position for emergency purposes. And he, as I said, did about as good a job as you can expect. But I do not want to see him out there again. And, Taro, that goes for you, too. We're going to have to find enough midfielders where we won't have to make that choice. Uh, Presnell is not going anywhere. Just telling you now. Uh, we've signed him to be the heart and soul of our defense. And... He's gonna he's gonna do that. We'll we'll work through the rough patches. Tomas, you'll coach him through them. So I think that brings us to Thiago Silva. Um, his contract is up next year, and he is now I believe thirty four. I should know how old the players I signed are, but let's let's look. Um, he's thirty four. He's thirty four. I got it right. Thank you. Th- thank you, Antero. Um. He he wants to stay, I think. He would be willing to stay in extent. We've had conversations with his people. Um, but I don't know. This is one I'm really torn on. I, I, I He's been really good for us over the years. But there have been moments where he's not been very much of a captain or much of a leader. And there have been games where he's been... He's just not been what we want him to be. And we have a good set of three center backs right now. We can always bring a center back in with the money we use to sell Thiago Silva. What do we do? Um, first, or what, Antero? Well, I was just going to point out market-wise, we're looking at, you know, if we're looking at his age and and kind of him being at the tail end of his career, we're looking at anywhere between 10 to 15, maybe 20, depending on who needs a center back. Uh, so we're looking at anywhere in between then for him market-wise. Hmm, okay. Tomas, what have you seen from him this year? I think he's still... You know, he's still arguably one of the best center backs in the world. Um, I just think about that Liverpool match at home. He, he was arguably one of our best players. I think 
personally, he just can't handle the captaincy. He can't handle it's just too much weight on him. And I think he'll perform better if he just doesn't have that weight of the world. You know, some players can can you know carry that weight, while others can't. And as much as I love Thiago Silva, I just feel like he, he just can't carry it. And PSG, as much as you know, slander the club has gotten for, for, for spending outrageous money. We are one of the few clubs that respect our legends, that appreciate them. And, you know, I wasn't here for a lot of them. Um, you know, we've let the contracts of Tiago Mota, you know, expire. Um, even though he was aging and we, they could have, you guys could have used a new midfield. You guys respected him and everything that he's given to the club. You guys let Maxwell's contract um, run out. You guys let Zlatan's contract run out. Um, the only time you guys have, you know, sold players that have given you guys everything for the club have been Pastore and Matuidi, and you sold them to, you know, pretty good situations at Roma and, and Juventus, who, you know, are, are perennial Champions League. You know, they're in the Champions League, so it's not like we jettison our players to China like we see Barcelona do sometimes or, or you know, or, or Asia, anywhere in Asia or, or, or the Middle East. So we respect our legends, and I want to continue with that, you know, tradition of, you know, not throwing away players that give us everything. So here's my question, Tomas. Is Tilo Kerr a right back or is he a center back? I think he could, if, if I financially... Play, I know fi- he can play both, but what is your plan of where, how are you going to use him? I want to still keep him as a right back. I think it it we're able to allocate money to another different situation because, I mean, I, I rather continue with Carrer. I know he made mistakes um, in against Marseille and, and United, but I, I know... You know, I can't erase everything that, you know, all the rest of the months that he's been playing as a right back. You know, it, yes, it's two big matches, and those are something people are not going to forget. But he's young. Obviously, we, we've all seen young players make mistakes in big matches. And I think it's a learning a learning experience for him. And he's, I think he's a right back, and I think I can have that for another year. Yeah, I think you can too. I, I... Again, I'm really torn on this. I want to keep him... Here, here's what I want to do. Antero, just kind of follow me on this. I want to keep him... I do want to let his contract out because I don't think we're going to get value enough to make a, a transfer worth it. But at the same time, I want to sign his replacement because you need three quality center backs in modern football. I don't think you can go around with just two. You need to be able to play in back twos and back threes. And Tilo Kerr, if he's going to be a hybrid uh, right back or a right center back in a back three, we can't have, we can't extend our depth that way, where Kerr is both a center back and a right back at the same time. We've done that before and it's not worked. We did it with Marquinhos and I don't want to see us do it again. We need to, if we're going to do this, we're going to give Silva another year and let him ride off. We need to sign a center back, I think, this window. But what do you think is the value that we should be looking for? What range or so? Well, uh, you know, it depends on, you know, if we're looking for his replacement, um, 
you, you know, per se, in terms of value of on the pitch, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to spend at least over 50, 50 million euros uh, just to get a just to, uh, uh, pretty much a swap. You're not you're not putting in someone who hasn't developed to get to Silva's level, but you're putting in someone who's almost or or is somewhere. Uh, near Silva's level, so you know if if we want to go target some young defenders out there, uh, you know just put the names out. But I think if we if we want to do a like for like swap, uh, if we're looking at a, let's say a Koulibaly, we're going to have to spend over eighty mil uh, just easily. I, I'm sure of that. Uh, you know, there, there's some other other guys out there, but I think if we're one to to to, to find a, a gem such as we we did with with Tilo, then I think we can we can keep that or under fifty million. But if we're looking to replace silver for a like for like type of type of player, we're going to have to spend over sixty seventy million euros. Yeah, we'll table that. And I want to bring in uh, when I bring in our our development guy. I want him to. I want to hear uh, some of the names he might be throwing at us that we might not be thinking at the moment. Um, our midfield. I know the two that are definitely going to be there: Marco Verratti and Leandro Paredes. I think they're developing well. I think uh, Paredes will be fine. Uh, Verratti is our cornerstone middle midfielder. We got to build around those guys. We got to put. We have to give Verratti a midfielder behind him that can do a lot of that work that he has been doing selflessly. I might add. And give him the ability to be more creative and to go forward and to make those incisive passes rather than having to sit in back and just pass sideways. I don't want him to do that. And I don't know if Paredes is that guy to play behind him, but we need more bodies and we need to sell some people to bring in other people. Our midfield is going to be a... I, I think it's going to be where we're going to need to put those resources. Um, Tomas, I want to start just with Two names, Christopher Nkunku and Julian Draxler. We put Draxler as a midfielder, we put him as an attacking midfielder, we put him as a winger. Do you have long-term plans for him in any sort of role other than maybe as a bench uh, substitute player who comes in for some of the matches and not others? I, I... I find him to be a really fun player to watch. I enjoy him. He's been a great teammate. He looks like he's been a great teammate. The, the players love him. So I don't want to just discard him like he doesn't matter because I think he matters to this team. I think they like him as a player. Where where are you thinking he should be? Where do you think? Let's put it this way. Where do you think he should be? I I like him that position. Not you know where he can help create. You know, scoring chances. The problem is that's Neymar's spot, and Neymar. I'm as much as I love Draxler as well, he's not Neymar, and it's just he, he finds himself. He, we just don't have a spot for him unless injury occurs. He's pretty much our super sub. Um, that he can. He's pretty much versatile. He can play anywhere, but I think we just need to figure out if we're gonna plan on keeping him. Who's leaving? That way, I can know what spots are open, you know, in the in the starting lineup. That way, I can see if I can find a, a role for him, a, you know, a permanent role for him, rather than just having him move around, you know, whether it's just you know to give someone a rest or injuries 
again, you know, pop up. Um, yeah, and I, I always like having depth, but it, it shouldn't come at the cost of having resources that we don't necessarily use or need. What can we get for Julian Draxler, Antero? Um, market value for Julian, 25-year-old, versatile player. We're looking at around, uh, you know, at the lowest, maybe around 37-ish. Uh, but we can, you know, depending on who who um, who his targets, who what, what what clubs target him, we can possibly get him for uh, around 40, 45, maybe. But I think he's in the 35 to 40, 45 range. And, and and if I if if I might add, I think if 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 it's important if we want to keep him, I think the sell for him is going to be is he going to be comfortable enough to want to be a super sub per se, right? And I think Tomas, that's something that you maybe want to kind of um, take the lead on in terms of kind of you know just speaking to him, having a one on one, and understanding where his head is at in terms of wanting to take that position of not necessarily having a sole position that's his, but if he's willing to be a super sub to come in for depth reasons or, or, or injuries and things of that nature. But, um, you know, I do feel that if, if he, if he, if we're going to keep him, it, it's going to come down to whether he wants to be selflessness per se and, and, and not, and, 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 and take in that super sub role and with him not having to play as much. Um, is Arsenal still interested in Christopher Anconco? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the negotiations really didn't work out well uh, in the January transfer window. They weren't really giving us the number that we wanted. Um, seems just talking to Christopher and his agent and his people, they wanted to make the move, obviously, for him to get some playing time. But uh, I think Arsenal, I'm, I'm sure they, they still want him. But they have their own financial situations as well that uh, we'll have to kind of see how they they uh, they start dictating uh, the the um, the summer window. But I, I believe from from what I'm hearing, uh, I believe they're still interested in him. And it, you know, if if they were to come for Christopher, he will probably be interested to go as well. Yeah, um, make that phone call, and if they offer over twenty, I think we do it. Absolutely. Right, um, now. We can talk about who we want to bring in, but I want to wait to hear the. I want to hear. I want our scouting uh, and development director to come on before we do that. So right now, pretty much, our midfield is Verratti and Paredes, and we'll have to we'll have to do some building blocks to bring guys in. All right, um, let's go to the attack. I I think Angel Di Maria has had a tremendous season, and I know he's up there in age, but he's a good veteran attack player and he seems like he's found his rhythm uh Tomas I think you've done a great job getting the most out of Angel Di Maria I think he can play in multiple spots I think he he you have him right now playing as an as an attacking two with with Killian which has been really really fun um I I I, I want to keep him we have him till 2021 so He's he's back for the next year, I think, and he he again he's given us so much. It's free kick taking. I have no issue with that. Um, now, Antero, when it comes to Neymar and Mbappe, I'm going to say this right now. They are staying unless we get 
the most insane, ridiculous possible offer. So I'm not saying we won't, but for Killian, it would have to be around. I'm gonna. I'm actually put a value on it. If it's Neymar, it's got to be over 400. If it's Mbappe, it's got to be over 500. And it's not going to be, so we don't really have to worry about that too much. Because if we if we allow um, if we allow Real Madrid, if we allow Barcelona to come in and lowball us on our on our uh, on our on our uh, on our players, and we allow it, and we get less than what we paid, or we get only slightly more than what we paid. That is a bad message to send, and I am not sending that message. There are other ways to make financial fair play up. We just whooped their behinds in uh, arbitration court, so I'm not really worried about that. So we need to make – our job is to make Killian and Neymar want to stay. And unless, again, we get blown away by some sort of ridiculous offer – where we can use that money to buy three world-class players and restack the squad, we're just not going to have that conversation. So let's talk about what we're putting around them. Um, I like what Chupo's done, but I can kind of take or leave whether he, he's back or not. It, uh, Tomas, he's been, he's, he's been a good teammate, but you care. if he, Do you want him back next year? Um, Does it matter that much on a scale of one to ten? No, I mean, but at the same time, we don't want players. I mean, I know you guys have had issues with players thinking they're too big for a bench role. I mean, I I, I saw from afar how Ben Afra worked out. Um, as much as we guys respect Pastore, we don't want players who are earning way too much or eating too much of the of the salary wage sitting on the bench or eating too much of our food. Yeah, yes, yeah. So. Um, uh, it, it doesn't. I mean, if we can upgrade, we can upgrade. If not, then it doesn't matter. I mean, it's. I. I for me, what I want to have on my bench, I want to have youth, and I want to have veterans that know their role and don't think they're bigger. You know, they think that their role is on the on the on the bench is diminishing, or or you know, they they feel like they're too big for that role. So, I would like to just keep you know my bench young. And veterans that know they that know their role. Yeah, and, and by the way, when I talk to the Emir, I call him Fat Arf. I, 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 I do not use that that person's actual name. Um, so, um, Tim, how's Tim doing at Celtic? Anybody had any conversations with him lately? I've just seen what he's like on Instagram. Yeah, That's but if all. you actually, if anybody actually talked to the man. That's yeah, no, I, I haven't. I haven't any. Uh, any communication with him, just pretty much following up, um, just keeping up pretty much with what he's doing and how he's performing. He, he looks like he's, he, he's he's wanting more minutes, and uh, uh, but I feel like from from the chances he's gotten, he's performed relatively well there. Hmm. I don't think we sell him yet, but do you guys think we venture? Or do you think we can get value for him? From, I don't oh, think absolutely. From Celtic, Celtic doesn't have any money. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sure there are clubs out there who are going to, if we were to put Tim Way on the market, they would jump on it, and uh, we can we can get valuable 
return for him. Uh, but again, it's a decision if we if we want to if we want to if we want him to be that guy that Tomas is speaking on and having youth uh, on the bench, you know, reliable youth. I think he's a good option, but if we were to to want to put him on the market, I believe if we wouldn't get we wouldn't get um, Draxler value or Munia value, but I'm sure we can get something something uh, something worth making the move for. Yeah, I agree. Um, Eddie Edinson Cavani, what do we do? He's got one more year on his deal. I, he, he's been as good a servant to this club as anybody. But I think we need a new striker. I think we need a player who can play alongside Killian and be a complement to him. And free up Neymar for however long we have him to be more of a creative playmaker as opposed to somebody who's going to have to be closer to the box. So, can we get another year out of Edinson Cavani, or do we need to... I I think we need to to at least get his replacement. I think he still has value in the... uh, I think he has some real value. We can sell him for something. And Taro, what can we sell him for? Uh, Cavani, uh, I, I think uh, if if he if he's to go, he's he's only going to a few places. Uh, more so, maybe going back to Napoli or Atletico Madrid. Maybe uh, he he's another one of those players who's up there in age, but value wise, I believe we can still get in that same thirty to forty, maybe forty five million uh, euros for him. Uh, honestly. Thomas, what do you think? Yeah, I I respect him, um, but I think you know if only an, another situation that he is interested arises, then I see I I think we we should replace him. But I if we if we have him for another year, I I wouldn't mind that. I mean, it's just one more year. But I, I would leave it up to him if he wants to be a part of this, um, because I think I'm gonna have to start playing him less and less, yeah. just because his age. Um, he, right now, he's had you know he's had two health scares. He had it in the World Cup last year for Uruguay, and then he injured you know taking a penalty kick. So for me, I'm gonna have to talk to him and say he's going to be playing less than what he's accustomed to. And that's when he's going to have to make the decision if he wants to be a part of this club still or want to venture off somewhere else. And I'll just remind you, Tomas, that this call is being recorded, so just make sure your volume is about as uh, up as possible. So, um, All right, uh, I think we've gone through the whole roster. Have we forgotten anybody? Hmm. That's pretty much it, yeah. All right, um, so right now what I have on my notes is that we we need, and I I would say probably need, um, two midfielders, a goalkeeper, possibly a center back, and possibly a striker. So we have to figure out where we want to allocate those resources to. What, and Tomas, if you had to pick... 
out of all of those, where would your where would your priority lie? Midfield. Both midfielders or just the one key one? One key one. Um, and then I'm not sure. Could we I'm do, not sure how. Can we do one major one and then a, and then sort of a Paredes type, or do you think we need two quality world level midfielders? Mm, one major and then one for depth. So I would go one. Well, try to get one world class midfield or, or a guy that has potential to be world class, and then another midfielder that will understand that he's here for depth reasons. I don't want two world-class players or two players that, you know, it's only for one spot. So I think for me, it's just one world-class, you know, midfielder or one that's potential and then another for depth. And Taro, do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, I mean, that, that, that the deep-lying midfield position, obviously, we don't know. I, I believe Paredes can play there. I don't know if that's where he's at his most comfortable or where he even is, is at his best, but certainly um, experience there is, is is much, much, much needed. All right, so yeah, we are now joined by our, uh, let me see if I can get this title right, our, uh, our Director of Scouting and Development. Uh, for the sake of this, his name is Carl. Carl, how are we doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. I've uh, been listening to your discussion, and I'm looking forward to giving you my uh, research. All right, so for the most part, for the next few uh, minutes, we're going to listen, and you are going to give us a rundown of some of the names that you feel like we can uh, integrate properly into our squad. Although I want to lay down some parameters here as the, uh, as the president of this, uh, of this thing. I want to sell about 70 million worth of players. If we can get over 70, I think we'll be in good shape to balance the books. That means we'll buy, let's say we can, with our new sponsorship deals, with all the things we have in the works, I think we can set, spend anywhere between 150 and 200 million euros as long as we are able to sell 70 million worth of players on the back end of that. So, Carl, um, we start. We talked about midfield. Who are some names that you come up with? Who are some names that you want to throw at us? Maybe whatever. Let's, let's, let's just hear what you got to say. Yeah, so you wanted one major signing and one for depth. In terms of major signings, we have different roles, of course, in the squad. If you want a more defensive midfielder, um, Really, one player I'd go for is uh, Idris Aguet from Everton, of course. Um, I'm you will have the most information about this, but we were, of course, chasing him in January. He has a value about uh, 20, 30 million. He's 29 years old and his contract expires in 20. Uh, 2022, sorry. He actually has the most tackles in Europe uh, this season, along with interceptions as well. Um, he's also played in Ligue 1 before at the Lille. He started his uh, professional career there. Um, and it's, it's up to you to decide. His age could be an issue, but it's also a benefit if you look at it. His experience, he has a, uh, 50-odd international caps as well. So that's 
definitely one option for a major signing. The one that would probably cost us the most is uh, uh, Inter's Inter Milan, sorry, uh, Marcelo Brozovic. He's Croatia's, uh, he's a Croatian midfielder. Uh, they love to produce the midfielders. So, you know, we have Luka Modric, we have uh, Ivan Rakitic, and so on, so on. He's 26, so he, he's still pretty young. He got lo- loads of experience. He was probably, uh, for me as a scout, the best uh, player for Croatia in the World Cup, even though Luka Modric got a lot of the plaudits. He has racked up four. Point five uh, tackles plus interceptions per game this season for Inter. That's uh, over one more than any player in our squad. So he would add a lot of defensive stability in that midfield. He also has 2.1 key passes per 90, which is very good. Uh, Di Maria is, is at about 2.6, 2.7. So he still has a lot of creativity and he can play... Um, at six, at eight, or even further forward if needed. He's extremely versatile. Um, so those are the two main, depending on what, what you want in that major midfielder, uh, those are the ones, um, established names that I, I would recommend. Now, uh, uh, Carl, how much would we have to pay to sign, uh, Marcelo Brozovic compared to how I much would... we would have to pay to sign, uh, Tongue and Dombele. If we want to look at uh, Tongue and Dombele, we'd uh, probably be around, and Terry, you can film in, but maybe 70, 80, because he's so uh, sought after uh, over the uh, over Europe. Uh, he also is also less experienced, so he hasn't had much experience on his belt, even though he is very young. Uh, so uh, he has his benefits, of course. Um, when we look at Brozovic, we would probably be around the 50 to 60 uh, mark, so 10, 20 million less than uh, in Dombele. Okay. Um, Pantera, would we get into, how high could we go in an in Dombele bidding war, realistically? Uh, it can it can go there. I mean, I, I, I read a report, uh, Jean-Michel Olas said that, obviously, he's, he's willing to negotiate with... Uh, you know, the, the guy, I'm not really sure where his head at is sometimes, so I'm not sure what to make of that. But just just, just understanding that Ndombele is in our league and we, we, we face them twice a year, I, I believe that we can, that they're going to play hardball for sure. Uh, that he's not going to let uh, Ndombele just come over to, to Paris that easily. So I, I would anticipate that being a, a, a very... Um, I would anticipate hardball from them, uh, uh, definitely. Yeah, and I think that what got us the ability to get Paredes was that we did not get into bidding wars. And I think that when we get into... I've noticed that when we get into these bidding wars, we tend to be put in the situation where we're expected to outbid people, when in reality, we're not going to pay ridiculously over market value unless that player is absolutely worth it. We play... Remember... When we got Antero, we got Neymar on a release clause. Yeah. That wasn't that was not a negotiated clause. So we didn't negotiate that fee that high. And with Mbappe, he's clearly worth the money we spent for him. So I'm not gonna look back at that deal and in any way regret it. So for this situation, I think Marco Verratti is our key midfielder. 
if we had a Verratti, Paredes, Brozovic midfield with Idrissa Gay behind that, I could live with that. Any other names, Carl, you've got in there that might be we could think in the bottom? If, if you want to look at major signings, those are the two that I, or maybe Ndombele, as you said, Awar, of course, from Lyon as, uh, as well. But those are really the two that I recommend, because uh, if you look at offensive contribution, you won't get any better than Idrissa Gay. And if you look, Brozovic is probably, for me, the most complete midfielder in the, uh, in Europe. Uh, so, really, those are the two that I feel fit the profile uh, of what we want uh, the best. So... Thomas, you you um you were okay with us signing Idrissa Gay. If we sign him again, if we go after him again, you'd be fine with that, right? Yes, yes. As long as he's yeah, go ahead. No, as long as he knows that he's here for depth reason wise, he'll he'll get some starts, you know, here and there. Just you know, as long as he understands the role that he's coming into, I'll be fine with that. And what about Brozovic? Brozovic, um. I've seen a couple of inter matches, and he's one that stands out. Um, I know some of the supporters won't like that. He's not a sexy name, but I I, I like him, and, and that's a signing that I'll definitely green light on. Perfect. All right, so we'll get we'll get work on that. We'll start doing our due diligence. Um, Carl, we had an argument early on about the uh, about, I don't say an argument, a discussion about the, uh, our goalkeeping situation. Uh, yes. I'm not looking for the obvious names because we can do. Ob- we know the. Ob- you know what I mean. We know the obvious names. We can just watch any. We can watch any match anytime and see the obvious names. Somebody that we're missing that we can get for value that could turn out to be better than Alphonse Ariola. So it, it depends uh, on what profile you, you're going for. If we want experience, but not. Uh, not too uh, too old. I would go for uh, Rui Patricio. Uh, currently, play for uh, plays for Wolves. Has had a uh, gre- had a great international career with uh, Portugal, of course. Uh, and he's one of the most reliable goalkeepers in the entire uh, entire of Europe. He also he's also a great leader for both his um, newly promoted Premier League side and his. Yeah, and his club as well. So he would probably go for about 15 to 20. His contract is spiced in 2022. He's 31 years old, so not that uh, old when you compare to other goalkeepers, of course, since they usually uh, have a bit longer career. Uh, just look at uh, Gigi Buffon. Uh, other than that, if we want to go real Real, real class. We could look at uh, Keylor Navas uh, or perhaps Thibaut Courtois, depending on which one of them gets the nod under Sidi uh, Zidane uh, in this new reign at uh, Real Madrid. Keylor Navas is for me uh, and my scouting team the, probably the most underrated goalkeeper in Europe over the maybe four or five uh, previous uh, seasons. Um, he, he's also slightly above uh, 30 uh, year old mark, but he's just class, and he will. He is, in my opinion, much better, or at least marginally better than uh, both our goalkeepers. If we want to go younger, we can go to uh, we can go to um, Fiorentina uh, in Italy and look at Alban Lafont, of course, an ex Toulouse player. He uh, came up very, very early, and I remember watching him against uh, Paris Saint-Germain. 
uh, when he was 16 or 17, I think, and uh, he's just continued to progress since there. So he's one uh, one meter 20, uh, sorry, one meter 93 centimeters as well. So very tall, commanding in the air, and already experienced. Uh, he would cost uh, quite a lot more more though. So yeah, you would have to uh, take that in mind. Um, it's up to you, really, since you are the decision makers. Yeah, uh, but those but, are the three. But obviously, we, have, we, we need to. We do need to hear these names, and I, I always liked Alban Lafon. I think he's. I yeah. think he's somebody to keep a keep an eye on. But this is where I'm running into a bit of a of a conundrum here. Are we going to make a? Can we make a big enough signing? Do we have to make a big enough signing here? Do we have to spend a hundred million euros on somebody? I don't know about that, and I think we can. I think we can get by with some tweaks and some changes here and there. But I do think we need to get one world class player in the squad at least. And of the names I'm hearing right now, not it's not really your fault, Carl. Obviously, we're, we're we need the obscure names a bit, some of the hidden in the rough. I don't see that obvious player that just pops and makes us that much better. Brozovic will make us better, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see what you're thinking when it comes to center backs. Yes. I, so, here's, here's my thing. And here's yes, where I, well, I'll just, sorry to cut you off, but this is where I'm, I come down on the goalkeeper. Unless David De Gea leaves on a free, unless Jan Oblak decides that he wants to leave Atletico Madrid, I think Alphonse is good enough where if we try, and this is part of the issue too, which is we had a goalkeeper before you guys' time named Salvatore Sirigu, and he was fine. Then we tried to get a guy that was better than him and Kevin Trapp. That didn't work. Alphonse Ariel is clearly better than Kevin Trapp, but if we just keep sort of replacing second-tier goalkeepers with second-tier goalkeepers, it doesn't really solve our problem. I think our problem is solved when somebody sort of comes in that is clearly there that we can sign. So I want to table goalkeeper for now. I think we're kind of st- stuck with what we have unless something falls in our lap. But I'm interested in your de- in your uh, center back, uh, in what you've been doing with your center back scouting. Because I think we can do something with that. So I have a couple of suggestions. I've got a lot of suggestions. Um Depending on what, uh, how much you want to spend, then what kind of profile you want. So, the biggest name I've got here is uh, Rafael Varane. Um, don't really need to say much about him. Everyone knows his name. Uh, multiple Champions League winner, World Cup winner, 25 years old French. Would, in my estimate, be uh, costly around 80 to 100, 110 million. He would be that marquee signing. Uh, it depends uh, on you guys uh, if you want to uh, allocate that money uh, there or elsewhere. If you want to go maybe one step down, we have uh, one of my favorites as well from Inter Milan as well, just as Dosovic, uh, Milan Skriniar, uh, Slovak- uh, from Slovakia, so Slovakia, sorry. Um, one year younger than uh, Rafael Varane. He's a great ball play- playing defender. Uh, he has very good um, completion in his passes. Mm, he isn't. He doesn't play as many long passes as the likes of Thiago Silva and Marquinhos. He's a, about 1.5 less than them, with uh, 2.3 a game. He is 
probably more physical. At least knows how to use his physicality more than any of our defenders. And he reads the game very well. And he, yeah, he, he's one of the top talents um, centre back wise, uh, wise in Europe uh, today. And he's contracted until twenty twenty two. So th- those are the high ball ones. If we want to go middle of the road, we have uh, Daniele Rugani from uh, Juventus, of course. Um, Italian, uh, extremely good. He came on the scene quite uh, early as well and has stagnated uh, due to uh, quite a lot of competition in that Juventus squad. But he is uh, still extremely talented and could be uh, one of the cogs in our defence for 10 odd years. Uh, ten years, ten odd years on. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he's got an. I believe he's got an, um, some cat as well for Italy, uh, and that just says uh, says quite a lot, in my opinion. Then we have, if you would drop down, let's say, if you want to allocate the money elsewhere and just spend a little bit on a uh, on a centre back, I would go for Isa Mendy. Uh, Mendy, sorry, uh, from uh, he plays for uh, Real Betis. Um, what, what I like about him is. Uh, he has a thirty most passes per game in Europe this season, so he's a very good ball-playing defender. Just as some of our, um, just Thiago Silva uh, is as well. He has also played in the back three formation on the Gisetien. Um and I believe you, uh, Thomas Tuchel, would like that since you often operate in that system. He also has four four point two long balls per game, which is European elite. Um, yeah, no, he's really good. Uh, he's a bit older, th- older though. He's twenty-seven, um, but he still has five odd years left in him. Hmm. Uh, I have other options as well if you want to hear them. Otherwise, well, we'll what I uh, what I want to what I wanted to do is I want to ask um, I want to ask Antero a, a question here. I I like Rafael Varane a lot, and I think that. If we can figure out Thiago Silva's exits, if we can have that versatile back two, back three, we can we can make that work having Varane and Marquinhos together as your starting center back pairing. And I want to stick it to Florentino a little bit here. Um, so Antero. What do you think we would have to spend for Varane this year? And would Real Madrid even, would, would Florentino even think about it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I believe this will be one of those situations where it's totally up to the player. Um, I don't believe Florentino is going <laughs> to want to sell to us, let alone sell one of the best center backs in the world, the World Cup champion, three-time Champions League winner, all the accolades. I don't believe he wants to. Uh, he's not. He's not going to want to do that. Uh, you know, if the reports are true that he wants another challenge uh, of Iran, obviously we would love to to, to 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 try to make that happen for him to come back to France. Obviously, we have another internationals here for him to play alongside of. Uh, but obviously, is you know we're transfer market wise. We know we're looking at over 100 mil for him. Uh, just obviously, based off his talent and, and everything else that he that he brings, um, it, it, it's, it's going to be something that we'll, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see if the player wants to initiate that. 
um, more so than, you know, if, if Tomas and you, Nashville, feel that this is the guy we want, obviously we're going to put in the full-court press. We're going to try to put in other players, maybe bring in Silva into the into the negotiations, if, if that's possible, try to give them something else other than money or cash. Uh, if that's what you guys want to do, we can definitely do that. But if we're looking at a pure transfer, uh, we're going to have to really um, – give them uh, a, a lot of money here and obviously we have to we're gonna uh, expect to play hardball with, with with Perez just because I know how the guy is <laughs> and with a world class player like that it's not gonna be easy um Antero um how are the I, I meant to ask you this earlier how are the Herrera negotiations going um the, I it's it's, it's it's tough it's tough to gauge uh, obviously, you know, situations like these, you know, you understand that it's more so the agents than the players. He's wanting to leverage a, a, a higher weekly wage at, uh, at United. And, uh, but obviously we're, we're trying to get the deal done. I believe we can get the deal done if, uh, if we can give him those weekly wages that he wants. And, uh, you know, obviously, try to give him an, another challenge here at Paris. I think he's an excellent uh, midfielder. Uh, he's one of my favorite United players, uh, personally. Um, but I think we have to... It, 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 we're still kind of trying to figure out uh, what we're dealing with here. This is a truly... He wants to make the move to come over. Uh, obviously, I think we can, we can make that work. But if he's just trying to leverage um, a deal to get a new weekly salary there then we're going to pull out and, 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 and stop wasting each other's time. But we would like to get it done. And, uh, again, if we, we just want to see where they're really at uh, with, the, with the entire thing. Tomas. I mean, how do you guys feel? I want to hear what you guys, Tomas thinks here. Well, any, yeah. any, any, any of these uh, center back names, do you think we're good with the center backs we have? Or do you think we need to, do we need to go out and, and, and make a splash for that? If we can make a splash, that's reasonable that – you know, as as we, I mean, I'm not sure how we are, you know, with the, um, if we're going to be in for the, the elite, um, you know, bidding uh, war, that's going to assume. I ain't getting I think, vibes on that one. I think that's. Yeah. I think it's just, I, it has to make sense. I mean, we can do what, what we have. I think at the end of the day, it's just, it has to make sense. I mean, we're not afraid to spend big money. But it has to make sense. But uh, we don't have to get into a crazy bidding war. We can do with what we have. I also want to add something. Yeah, I also want to... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so, um, Tuchel, if you're looking for a center, if you're looking for someone to replace uh, uh, Tego Silva, really one of the options would be uh, a cheaper one, 10 to 15, uh, or for that matter, Mark Batra from Real Betis as well. So it doesn't have to be crazy expensive either if we, if we choose not to go for uh, Rafael Varane. Uh, yeah, if we, re- we yes. might not be re- we might be replacing Thiago Silva with Marquinhos if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And then that next that next center back kind of bumps down on the pecking order, which we could do too. Uh, these are all these are all good options. Um, I want to hear uh, Carl. I want to hear what you've done for striker because I'm thinking we need to. If we are going to, if we are going to make that splash, I kind of also think we could do it in this position because we need a player that complements Kylian Mbappe and that will 
entice Killian to really want to make his home here for the long, long term. So I'm interested to see what names you come up with. So it, it depends on how much we've got left to spend. I've got three or four names uh, written down. One of them is not the most attractive one at first, but it's uh, Sebastian Ali from, um, he of course plays with Luka Jovic uh, in the Bundesliga. He has had exceptional numbers this season. Uh, he has a um, 0.62 goals for 90 minutes. He slightly outperforms expected goals. He's running a little bit hot, but it's still exceptionally good. He also has uh, 0.32 expected assist penalty. So his creative ability is very, very good. Uh, he's an all, uh, all-round striker, quite big. Uh, and I, when I watched him, we've been really impressed, me and my team. He's also just 24 years old. He would probably cost around 35 to 40 or slightly more than that. He's French, uh, of course, so we have that. If you want to go a little bit more more expensive than Ali, we got um, Hazard. Not Eden Hazard, but uh, Sorgen Hazard. He has racked up almost identical numbers to his brother this season. In Since he is a younger brother, he sort of gets left out of the limelight, but he has been exceptional. He can play in all uh, positions behind the striker. He's, uh, he can play as a force nine as well. So if we, if we want to drop him uh, beside uh, Neymar, um, just uh, behind Kylian Mbappé, that works great. He would probably be around 50 to 60 million. Age 25, of course. Now, if you want to go real big uh, and expensive, we would go for, for Luka Jovic for, from uh, Antwerp Frankfurt as well. He's probably the most sought-after striker in Europe. Um, that still not doesn't play for a huge team. He has an enormous amount of goals. He has 0.84 goals per 90 this season, and that is for, for Eintracht Frankfurt, not a big team. He also has uh, almost one assist uh, every three games. So he is the most, one of the most um, uh, sort of, yeah, sort, sort of the strikers, and he would complement uh, Kylian very well, uh, and would probably work very well with Neymar if he choose to keep him. Other than that, you have your big names around Europe. You can just pick and choose. But if you want to go a little bit under the radar, maybe at least those um, two first ones I mentioned would be good options. Now, Antero, how um, when we when we loaned out Kevin Trapp to Eintracht, do you think they've been happy with it? Have you been talking to them about that? Because I don't think we're bringing them back, so... Oh, no, I, I, he's doing phenomenal out, out there, actually. Uh, he's, he's, he's got them. Uh, they, they've, uh, they've advanced in the Europa League. Um, they're, and, you know, he's, he's doing well, keeping a lot of clean sheets. They went, like, on a stretch of, like, 10, 12, 10 to 12 matches with, with straight clean sheets. And I believe just him being in Germany and him kind of understanding that this club was a little too big for him 
in that sense, I believe that uh, we can we can get something there where he would stay there and we would uh, get some value back. Could we play Tomas? Can we play Jovic and Mbappe together? I I believe so. I think they can complement each other well, um, a lot more. I think jo- Jovic can link up the play better than Cavani, so I think that bodes well. You know, he can drift a little back and not just wait for the ball. So I think they'll be able to complement each other well, or he'll be able to complement Neymar and Mbappe well. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking. I here here's here's my and this is Antero. What I want you to do, I I want to make a transfer plan. With Jovic, and I want to make a transfer plan without Jovic. Okay. So, if we can send uh, Kevin Trapp permanently to Eintracht, what could we get for him? Twenty? Can we get between twenty and thirty? Trapp, uh, I believe so. Yeah, uh, he, he's valued around that, but I, I think we can. Uh, we 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 wouldn't want to really try to 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 to, to, to play it too too far where they would back out. So I believe around fifteen, maybe twenty-ish, we can we can uh, get value for trap. And then we can spend eighty on Jovic. Hey, I mean, and don't forget Lotelso. Uh, you know, we can get something there as well. Twenty. We got the twenty-two million is already in the bag. Okay. So if we can, let's look at it like let's actually. Anybody want to get their calculators out? So if we get. And stay on, Carl, uh, stay on Carl, because we're gonna have scripting yep. on some of this too. If we, if we can get, um, I'm gonna do it on mine too. Let's see if I can get that out. We can get 22 for Lachelso. Let's let's estimate on the low end. We can get 15 for Trap. We sorry, we can't get anything from Trap. His contract runs out uh, this summer. It is. Yeah. I should know that, shouldn't I? Well. You got so lo- Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. That, that, that answers a whole bunch of other questions. So, Antero, we loaned a guy out on the last year of his contract? Um, that's a good question. Um, I shouldn't know this. Well, one of us should. Thank God for our scouting and development director. Well, I hope I'm right, at least, because uh, it says contract until 2019 online. Uh, I could be wrong, but yeah. Um, either way, I think we won't get a more than 10. His market value is 10 million. So, euros, that is. All right. So, yeah, it does say his contract is until 2019. So, well, there goes that. Uh, so, we got to find the... We can still talk with tra- with uh, Eintracht about it, but... Um, so let's go 22 for him, for Lachelso. You said about 37 for Draxler, let's say 30 on the low end. Um, Meunier, let's say 30 on the low end. Um, at that point, we're now at 82 million. So we can, we can balance out a Jovic signing with, um, with those, with those three sales, right? Uh, you got anybody else seeing anything different from that? That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes what, sense. What are you thinking you will get uh, Luka Jovic for? I'm thinking we can get him for between 80 and 100. But, yeah, 100 more likely, I think. Uh, his yeah, but we, can, that but we can also, we can also um, if we have to, we can sell Timothy Weah. 
He can sell Christopher Unkunku too. That gets us around a hundred, right? Yeah. So with those sales, we yeah. So with those sales, we can basically balance this out. Wow. Somebody on our conference call has some reverb right now. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but I'm not hearing it anymore, so. We, we figured out that we can sign Luka Jovic for around 100. If we have to go up higher, we can go up higher. But he's... I, I, I like my big, flashy attack players. And I think yeah. we need a replacement for Cavani. I think we need a guy that can link the play. And I think we need to be the club that has these star players to a degree. So I, I want Luka Jovic. Yeah. I also want... Um, I also want Brozovic. I think we can get Brozovic. And if we can get Ander Herrera on a free, then all we'll have to, we'll then we'll have Brozovic for thirty, right? You said around twenty thirty, right, Carl? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Fifty, sixty. Oh, good lord. Um. So, well, we can do that. Yeah. So I said anywhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred. We've sold yeah. a we've sold a hundred million worth of players already. We just spent a hundred on Jovic. We're gonna have to spend fifty million on Brozovic. That gets us to one fifty, and then we might have to push center back down the road a little bit. But we'll have our two. Yep. We'll have our midfield. We'll have our Herrera type player. Even if it's not Herrera, if it's Adrisa Gay, that's about twenty thirty. Um, that gets us to around one sixty, one seventy, um, and it fills most of what we need. Now, pretty much. Yeah. So, Antero, I like that as our plan with Jovic. I, what would our plan be without Jovic? Where would I? Where would our money get spent without Jovic? From all these names you're hearing. I mean, what? Uh, what? What other uh, strikers have we really talked about here? Uh, if you can remind me again. We haven't had a lot of strikers. We had uh, attackers in general, but. If you want to go slightly below, uh, we could go for Timo Werner. Uh, of course, okay. uh, Red Bull Leipzig would probably be in around 60, 60 to 70. So we drop that net uh, cost down with 30 million. Okay. He's exceptionally good. He's 23. Of course, German international has had an amazing career at um, uh, Leipzig. Nine goals in 24 starts uh, for Germany, which is very good. Um, for a young player can play at wide but really prefers to be um, down the middle um, that is one we could look at someone like uh, Anthony Marcel if you would like if you want to probably 60-80 uh, around that range uh, I mean and he has played striker so he's oh. versatile as well are we uh, do we know the situation uh, at Inter with uh, Icardi uh, he has had a bit of problem. He was uh, suspended from the squad mm-hmm. uh, after he leaked details to his girlfriend. He then leaked it, it uh, online. He has since been uh, reinstated in the squad, so really don't uh, need that. Uh, and in my humble opinion, do yeah. we need another troublemaker? We had uh, Adrien Rabiot, and we had uh, have had a lot of sort of yeah. Attention, um, on, on and, the and, screen, and, and attention, Tara, on remind the club. Carl not to use that name in my presence. 
<laughs> we can we can do without that. Yes, Carl, I agree. We can do without the the messiness that uh, yeah. Cardi would bring. Uh, I mean, just uh, some other attacking names. Uh, Coutinho's out there. Uh, Barca, you know, we would probably have to play hardball with him if, we, if we're looking to maybe start playing Killian in that number nine role and having a Neymar and Coutinho possibly next to him. That's a that's a possibility, and he looks like he's on his way out of there, so we can put him on the list. I'm just wondering if uh, Bartomeu will be uh, will want to sell another Brazilian star to uh, Paris Saint Germain, but sure that's uh, yeah that is an option. We have Lorenzo Insigne, who would cost quite a lot, but he is amazing. He is of course he has played a more in a central role uh, this season compared to previously. Brilliant technically, quite small of course, but him linking up with. Uh, our two main attackers would be a frightening prospect for any uh, defense in Europe. Sure. Um, uh, Tom, uh, just one second, guys. Tomas, where are you standing yeah. on all of this? Anything you you want to throw in? No. I really these are all it. these are all good names that I can work with. So I'm 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 loving all the names that Carl's throwing out there. Again, it's just I'm tempering my expectations with the cost. I know, I know we get. You know, for some odd reason, we get, you know, we have to pay the full amount or we, we can hardly get a, you know, a, a good discount. But, you know, I, I'm just loving all the names that, that everybody's throwing out there. So it, let, let's let me before we, we go and, and uh, I, I go do my very, uh, very important Qatari stuff. Um, if we had a lineup that looked like let's say our, our team next year is. We'll go from goalkeeper back uh, up. Ariola Buffon, uh, Carer Alves Dagba, Bernat Zagre, possibly Kurzawa, Marquinhos Kimpembe, Thiago Silva, with the possibility of bringing in a center back to fill and replace when Silva leaves. Verati, Paredes, Brozovic, um, Idrissa Gay. Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe, Jovic. I like that team. It's different enough. Um, let me actually get one quick little thing. Um, is there any left backs that you think can replace Kurzawa, Carl? Anybody, anybody oh, to mind? Left back, not really. Uh, of course, we have uh, Fatih Gulam from Napoli. Uh, very injury played as of late, but one of the best attacking left backs in Europe. We have the situation unfolding with uh, Marcelo at Real Madrid. Um, we also have um, the. Oh, I have. A, I gotta get, get my documents ready here. Sorry. Uh, so. The player for Ajax, their left back, uh, I believe, is Uruguayan. So we'll have a good, uh, no, oh, sorry, uh, Argentinian. Uh, so uh, Nicolas uh, Tagliafico. But also remember, we're bringing in a, we're bringing in one of their youth players, uh, Mitchell Bacher, who I think is also Probably, a left, yes. who's also a left back. So we're gonna yeah, have. So I think we're gonna be good at left back, even if we left back. Even if we sell Kurzawa, I think we're gonna be fine at left back. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at, at, at going after you know. Again, if we tried to get into Nombele, let's uh, Ferlan Mendy. Uh, he's a good prospect as well. Yeah. 
So, so you know, I want to be focused in. I just want us to be really focused on that key player that um, we want to sign. And just for the sake of democracy here, even though this is very far from a democracy, I would like to get each, as we go, I would like to get each of your. Um, if you could sign one player, and who that one player is the per- person we put all of our focus into, and this has to be realistic because we're not chasing, you know, we're, we're not doing Paul Pogba, we're not doing N'Golo Conte, we're just, it's not going to happen. We're not doing, uh, we're not doing those kind of players. And of the guys we've talked about, name the player that you think we should allocate the resources, the time, and the energy to making sure we sign that player. Uh, we'll start with our scouting director, Carl. Okay, let me read these stats. 15 goals, 5 assists, assists in 1,600 minutes for a 21-year-old attacker. Four, four sorry, shots uh, per 90 minutes, which is elite. Only Ronaldo is the one that really um, goes out of the way. And that is, of course, Luka Jovic. He is the best young attacker in Europe, apart from... Uh, striker, sorry, apart from maybe Kylian Mbappé, if you count him as one of those. So, Luka Jovic, easy for me. Absolutely brilliant player. Um, just great. Perfect. Uh, Thomas? I love... Luka Jovic, um, but I'm going to go with Marcelo Brozovic just because we've delayed the midfield for far too long. We're starting to get the wheels in motion and starting to address it, um, but I would go with Marcelo Brozovic. And Tara? Yeah, I think I, I you know, I just wanting to, 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 to execute on what Thomas wants. I, I, I believe Brozovic is far more important and vital to our to our end goal and, and, and our larger our bigger picture and what we want to do in getting a young midfield who we can line up with uh, with Verati and Paredes where again we're 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 not a we're not a club short of firepower up front. Whether Cavani is on a decline or not, he's gonna give us twenty plus goals. We know Neymar, Di Marie, and Mbappe what they're gonna do. So as far as prioritizing a, a, a position and a player that we must have, and obviously I'll do what I what's necessary to get it done. I, be, I believe Brozovic is a player that we should we should definitely uh, hunt for. Very good, everybody. Um, so um, you all have wonderful days. Um, and I will go do my thing. You guys all do your things and let's, uh, let's get this ball in motion, shall we?